Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and uh, I, uh, I'm being forced to read a book by my co-hosts. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Here's the sad part. Like, I feel like all three of us need to, like, throw away our, or have... Someone needs to walk up to me, demand my nerd badge, and just tear it up in front of me, because I have failed. And I think you two have as well. <laughs> okay. What oh, do we plan wow. out? I'm ready for this challenge. <laughs> I mean, there's two new Dresden books. Oh, yeah. They should take away our nerd cards. I've read neither of them because I told myself I was going to reread the entire series first. So and... I, I told myself the exact same thing, and then I started reading them, and I got into book uh, three, I think, is where I was at. And my wife started rereading them as well, and I basically had to like pull over into the slow lane to let her pass. So she... <laughs> She read the books and passed me, and then when she got past me, she stopped reading them, and she started, like, for whatever reason, she's been taking the kids to the library, and she all this, and my wife is a voracious reader, and so she's, since she's been taking the kids to the library, she's been reading somewhere between two and six books a week. Man, she is my freaking hero. And and so she does nothing around the house except for reading right now because she just goes to the library and she sees she's like, oh, and so she grabs all these books. And so honestly, I was sort of like waiting for her to get a little bit farther ahead. I don't know why, because there's no way I'd ever catch her. Um, but anyway, yeah, I I have no excuse. I should be reading Dresden. Listen, whatever. Come for my nerd badge. Take it. I, I'm clearly not doing anything with it. But like. I didn't make any of these promises or any of these ideas to myself, like you insane people. I just, I don't pay attention to that. So they're out? How long have they been out? There's two that are out, Josh. (laughs) I've had multiple people now tell me that, like, the second, by the time you're done reading both books, you feel like you've just read changes. Interesting. All right. Well, I'll get on it. I mean... I think I'll probably finish Money, a true story of a totally made up thing, because I'm really enjoying it. But then I will, I will get back into full nerd mode, I guess. <laughs> I'm Jay, by the way. <laughs> oh, and I'm Josh, and the, uh, my nerd card is basically getting taken away because I'm currently the living embodiment of the meme that Trevor posted in our Discord chat the other day about being a Gen Xer, meaning I adapt to technology like a Gen Zer, but I get angry about it like a boomer. And my home desktop just decided it doesn't want to boot up this week. And, and so I literally have someone with vastly more qualifications than me taking it out of my home to either take it out behind the shed and put it down mercifully or, like, bring it back to life. All I want to do is play games, that's all. But no, I have to fight my computer. <laughs> 
Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I need to just do a short rant at the start of this episode, just to unburden myself a little bit. We're here for you, Dan. But, okay, thank you. Like, I just feel so frustrated with life right now. <laughs> because, like, my manager, a couple weeks ago he 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 basically he he took a week off of work because he thought his daughter had covid and did okay. a, a covid test and comes back negative um which to be clear i'm i'm very happy about it so yes, right? hallelujah right then you know my he gets sick this last friday and he's like you know should I be coming in? What should and and then he gets a COVID test and and then they tell him that it could take up to fourteen days to get the results back. And you know we're on like day five or six now of of business days, probably five. And it just feels like such. Well, when when I was initially doing this planning, me being naive and foolish on how to deal with this pandemic like i didn't really i thought about okay if someone goes out for a couple weeks you know we we can we'll, we'll make it work we have to make it work there's there's no alternative but i hadn't really planned for just like a complete by our government in test times and people needing multiple tests and like it's just it's so frustrating <laughs> I 100% feel your pain, and as I always tell my children, don't worry, it gets worse. <laughs> because it's going to be with us for a while still, like all of yes, us. Yes, yes. I mean, we're like, coming, we're coming into winter. And yeah, and now you're going to have new symptoms that may or may not be COVID-related, you know? And yes. Yeah, like, or you, you may go on. We can grade, we can grade COVID right now if you want. <laughs> It's a no-go for me. <laughs> I mean, we've been we've been living in this in in Idaho where you know we have a wide array of seasons, and when it gets to winter, like it's freaking cold, <laughs> and all this uh, like we we've been during the summer. I've you know we've been going and seeing friends on their patio or you know etc. But like. That's just not going to happen. Well, if people are still going to go see people, but they're going to do it inside, and everyone's going to get sick. And, like, I I don't know. I just <laughs> want to scream at the world, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Well, we're happy to provide a void for you here to scream at <laughs> I'm sure that you've had, as, as someone who uh, has way more staff and employees than I do, that this has been a fun adventure for you as well. It definitely has been an adventure. Uh, the jury's still out on the fun part. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, well, I've been fortunate because this is probably the first month that I've had an employee that basically needed to stay home to take care of a, a sick spouse, uh -huh. which means that, you know, he's eligible for the Family Medical Leave Act, the Emergency Family Medical Leave Act stuff, and which I'm is fine, like that's that's all well and good, but I'm 
I'm like, geez, I'm, I actually can't believe we haven't had to deal with this sooner because of just right. how crazy it's all been. So I don't know. It's, I mean, it's rough. We've, we're <laughs> like, Discount Games Inc. is a, uh, well-oiled machine that is not overstaffed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so, like, we, we do have, uh, you know, planning so that people can do vacations or, or extra help or whatever and right. or sick, etc. But we, we did not plan for this. <laughs> Listen, if there are any listeners in Germany, I just want you to send us a note on, on the Discord or whatever, email us so that Jay can know that there are parts of the world where the madness is not as bad. <laughs> I saw, I Managed saw, to rub it in, I guess. Yeah, I, I saw a video of uh, Angela Merkel and she was at, it was like a G7 or, you know, a world leader summit. And there was this <laughs> other, it was like the Prime Minister of Italy or something. It's like coming up to her to greet her, and she's like, like waving him off, like, "What are you doing? Get away from me!" And and I was just watching that, thinking about like, man, how amazing would it be to have a leader do that? But here we are. Obviously, it is what it is. Was, yeah, it is what it is. Obviously, she was wearing a mask at this summit as well. Sure, sure. Anyways, uh, at this point. Like, was that your discount games update too for us, Jay? Sure. Well, no. Like, the, <laughs> the update I was about to give was the, like, just, just throw your wallet at the screen. <laughs> Maybe it will bring joy to my stunted heart. Please. Fill please. the void in Joy's soul with money, please. Yeah. There, I will say there are a lot of, um, exciting things that have come out. Uh, we actually, I, I was a little surprised. These we we shipped out today the pre-sales for Marvel Crisis Protocol, the New York construction site terrain set, Kingpin, Daredevil, and uh, Bullseye, and the Punisher and Taskmaster. And uh, the pre-sales on them actually did better than I had expected for them. And I I guess people love these characters a little bit more than I had expected. And so Kingpin is way tempting. Like I'm not surprised that he's getting some love. His sculpt is really cool, and his ability is his in-game abilities are, are really good. So that's cool too. Um, and then uh, the the great money-making machine that is Games Workshop turns on, and the codexes for Necrons and Space Marines in the new edition are the pre-sales are live now with a bunch of new Space Marine and Necron stuff. And so get those because maybe some plastic men in your life <laughs> will will bring joy to your life. <laughs> uh, Josh, I, I, I feel like it's time for you to uh, do a little shilling for why people should subscribe to... Sure, sure. To our Patreon at patreon.com, right? I mean, the other reason to, or the other way to bring Jay, joy to Jay, to Jay's life, she's almighty, I can't talk, uh, is to join our Patreon. Uh, I can report that if you are a member of the brigade at the $8.99 per month level, where you get access to all content a week earlier than, uh, well, great. I taught my children about medieval history today, so now all I can think about is the peasants. But I didn't, I'm not meaning to call the people the peasants, but you know what I mean. Listen, <laughs> if you're a member of the brigade, prizes actually did go out or are going out 
like we're in work we're working on yes (laughs) yes i we've all the back months people have been messaged uh it's very exciting yes maybe soon we'll even do a poll again yes that would be amazing but if you are a member of the brigade, you bring joy to my life by being part of our Discord channel where we have amazing discussions and I hear about movies that I probably would A, either never know about or B, probably never go see uh, because that Possessor trailer scared the living daylights out of me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, if you're not up for that, uh, join us as a 499 subscriber where you still get access to the bonus podcasts every week and early access to the regular episodes. Boom. Shilling done. So before, I guess, we get into our main topic, I, I feel like we maybe need to have, like, a support group for for the three of us. <laughs> okay. Right, I haven't right. I, I haven't been having the, the curious of topics, I guess, so far this podcast. But we need to discuss the situation with Dune. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm not as really Let- heartbroken as probably you two are. I'm more heartbroken about just the general situation with movies. The fact that, like, so... Oh, the fact that theaters are closing down? Well, so one of my big frustrations is the fact that Tenet is essentially a bomb at this point. Right. And And to me, that's it. It, I don't. I haven't decided because I haven't. I mean, I didn't go out and watch it twice in the theaters, which I normally would have under normal circumstances. We went once. I didn't take my daughter. I went once because I wanted to. Before I took her to it, I wanted to verify that it was appropriate for my daughter, and it was. And I would like her to see it, but I, you know, I don't really want to go and see it again in the theater right now. I guess I'm part of the problem, <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess so. But I'm like looking at this going, this might be my favorite Christopher Nolan film of all time. Trevor, you'd be proud. This is my blonde's favorite movie now. She's taking me to see it for her second year. Tenet is. She just Um, raves. Yeah, it it might be my favorite Christopher Nolan film of all time now, uh, supplanting um, uh, Inception. Inception. Yeah, but but it's hard for me to tell without a second viewing. And maybe in this case, because the film is so... Like, it is so Nolan-ish that I probably need to see it three or four times before I really catch all, not all, but a bunch of the, the things going on. Um, but, I mean, it's essentially a box office bomb. Yes. And it's it's a movie, I, I haven't seen it. I'm not going to see it in this theater run. <laughs> and it's one that, if there wasn't the current situation going on right now, there is a 100% mul- uh, percent chance that I would have watched it multiple times in the theater. I have a question for you guys about, I just read this on a random Facebook comment today, so I know that means it's true, because I lean towards the boomer generation. Um, how likely is it that studios may, in the not-too-distant future, uh, create their own movie theaters, own their own movie theaters, you know, perhaps purchase these now mothballed movie theaters that the theater companies are closing down. Do you know what I mean? Like, is that like, how? I I just need to know how crazy on the conspiracy uh, um, theory scale that is. So something I had, I can't remember who I had talked about with this night. They had said this to me. I don't know if it's true or not, but they had said that previously the studios did own movie theaters and then like the government, kind of forced them to get rid of them because of 
anti-monopoly idea. Yeah, right, right. Um, And so, and granted, who knows what they're going to consider monopolistic at any given day of the week, so... Okay, I did just look this up, and there's a consent decree from 1948 that has now been done away with. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And so they could now own their own theaters. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, I, I agree with you, Trevor. It is sad. <laughs> because I love movies, and I don't... Like, this. the, the, the state of... Like, I, I enjoy blockbuster movies, but... Yeah, and it, it is it is, it is It's a movie that would have succeed, succeeded, and it is clearly... Like the, the the movie theater or the studios, you know, Tenet was was put out and they saw it as kind of a test run for these blockbuster movies that they've invested hundreds of millions of dollars in, and they've basically been like, okay, well, our, this is the result of the experiment, and it is obviously uh, going to. It's not in our interest to be putting out blockbusters right now, and so you know, here well, we are. Yeah, and the part that's crazy about all that is it feels like Tenet was probably likely to be the biggest blockbuster of the year right i mean potentially dune but i mean dune it's hard to i mean it's definitely the biggest summer blockbuster with dune being kind of the the christmas timetable blockbuster yes yeah it just seems like they all saw that and they're like well i guess we're gonna push everything back i miss i has um black widow been pushed back it had been pushed back previously, but I mean, I, it I was, know, but it was like November or something. No, yeah, it, it, I heard. yeah, it had been pushed back to like March or April, but I mean, it's 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 not like it's going to play then. I mean, they they push it back six months, but it's going to get pushed back another, you know, whatever months. So. And I guess maybe this is me being skeptical, but I do, I don't think things are going to be normal by March. So. I agree with that assessment. So yeah, and it was as the. The James Bond movie got pushed back to next year, and that was when, like our right. our big our big movie theater in town is is going to close because it's part of Regal, the second biggest chain in the country that is closing their theaters. Because what what blows me <laughs> away is the is for those that aren't in the Intermountain West, Larry H. Miller owns a bunch of Utah-based uh, things. You know, including a bunch of car dealerships and all kinds of stuff. And he's building a, I shouldn't say he, the the Larry H. Miller group group is building a theater here. And they're building it like the construction is going on right now. And I'm thinking, you're building this huge theater in Idaho Falls at the worst possible time. And there's nothing, they have not slowed down one bit doing it. At least not that I've seen. Josh probably knows better than I do. He's probably uh, bid on it. We yeah, we did bid on it. Uh, we were just talking about it today. I don't I don't really know any more than that that we had bid on it. There was another one. There was another theater. So the one you're talking about is which one, Trevor? Sorry, is the is it the Larry H. Miller one or is it the, yeah? Um, yes, it's, it's so there was landing. another theater that was also bidding like almost the same time called Showbiz, I think, and uh, it has curtailed. I mean, like nothing happened with it. Oh yeah, essentially. So, well, there you have it. (laughs) Let's let's talk about a game and let's grade it. (laughs) I was like, that was your that was your intervention, Jay. I have some I have some questions. (laughs) I have some questions too. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to uh, talk about a game called The King's Dilemmas. Am I remembering the the name right? (laughs) Yes. The, the initial the name of the game is 
the king's dilemma. Right, okay. Well done. I, I I kept thinking to court the king. <laughs> oh, oh, I got you. That's a, that's a throwback right there. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the king's dilemma is essentially a legacy game that is um you you're members of the king's council and you are voting on a bunch of different agendas, different things going on in the kingdom. You you represent a noble house in the kingdom and they have kind of backgrounds kind of to them or, or locations where they are and they have different some of them are like more industrious, some of them are, you know sneakier. Sneakier, right. More yeah. So the in a session or in a game you'll you'll do voting until you trigger the end game and, and then kind of score some stuff with that. <laughs> well, there's usually, well, there's probably what, between four to eight different votes that you'll end up doing in a single game session? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it feels like there's a couple of times where we did more than that. Yeah. But, yeah, you might be right. And it feels like there was, four seems like too low. It feels more like six to ten. Four would be an incredibly fast game. It would mean that the consequences of all your votes have driven the king further and further towards <laughs> abdication. Is, which is, I live, I love it. I, I think happens. that if you as a group had a series of things that drove one particular ranking super low and then continued that path, yes, you could have a very quick, <laughs> a very quick game. <laughs> like if all the people were starving and you're like, let's have a vote to see if we starve the people some more. And you were like, yes, the people must starve. They would probably kill the king right off the bat. Stop. You're describing my dream game. <laughs> my dream session. And the thing is that every game is then, it is essentially the reign of a new king. Because every game, the, the end of every game session is either the king's abdication or his Death, death, whether yeah. whether peaceful or violent. We haven't had a violent death, have we? I, I want one of those. Not really. I mean, to be fair, you. I think you would have to sort of like fill in the blanks that the death was violent. Well, I I know, but we could we could tell a little role playing story at the end of each session. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Yeah. We make some fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess maybe give a deeper explanation of the mechanics of the game, and and then we can give some opinions on them. Uh, okay, so essentially uh, every player has uh, you essentially have two currencies, right? Power and money. And uh, a, a card will be drawn from the Dilemma deck, and it will basically tell you a little short story and then tell you you've got to vote one way or the other, based on this story. And it will give you an indication of what the likely consequences would be of the votes. Like Trevor's saying, you know, like, you might vote for, well, we should burn down those windmills because they're full of mice. And, you know, okay, that means that it's likely that people are going to have less food, so the kingdom's going to starve a little bit, right? Um, anyway, and so the way voting works is one of the players will be uh, the leader, and that token changes hands quite frequently throughout the course of the game. But the leader will put out a, well, you'll either say if you're voting, you know, uh, yes or no, uh, and you'll put a number of power tokens on your vote to indicate essentially how strongly you're voting in that direction, right? Or you can also pass 
if you pass, there are some slight benefits that you can gain by passing, but you're essentially out of the conversation for the round. Right? Then everyone else, you go around the table and they'll either, you know, vote for or against and also add power to the vote. And if they add more power than the current leader, then the leader token comes to them, which means that the vote carries on until it gets back to the current leader without changing hands. So that that's the one kind of mechanic that's a little interesting to wrap your head around. Anyway, however the vote turns out, you then turn this card over and it will tell you there are five... What, what do you call those? Uh, I can't think what they're called, but there, there are five indicators of the kingdom's health, right? Morale, uh, food, intelligence... Uh, Influence, and I'm forgetting the fifth one, even though I'm looking right at the symbol. Uh, anyway, those will go up or down. And as they move up or down, they will also move the kingdom's stability in the same direction that they are moving. And then, you know, there may be uh, some other consequences. There are consequences that will uh, put stickers on the board that kind of add some longer-term effects. You know, people will remember that you burned those windmills to the ground, what have you. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's really the gist of it. And then uh, you, a lot of times the votes will add more cards, you know, from... I mean, this very this does feel very legacy-ish to me, this game. So you, it'll tell you, like, pull this envelope of cards out and shuffle them into the Dilemma deck, meaning that there now you've introduced new potential dilemmas that you know, may appear in future voting sessions. And those end up turning into sort of long-term stories. I mean, like, I am most famous now in our kingdom, mild spoiler alert here, for like a century creating a class of like uh, hated people that, you know, came to be a terrible scourge upon the kingdom. <laughs> I think because I fed them some diseased grain or something, right? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't my fault. So... One thing that's interesting with the game is that there's things mechanically going on and there's kind of some fluff things happening at the same time. But sometimes you like things. That, so, for example, uh, Josh was and Trevor were like, yes, let's let's vote for slavery and let's, uh, you know, just just be the worst leaders we could possibly be because I need to chase this game mechanic. Uh, and so I guess how, how, how does the game accomplish that? Well, it has, there's ulterior motives, honestly. I mean, you know, the, the, the way I voted the table certainly isn't the way that I would vote. You know, you have a set of goals based on your nation that you represent. Your your, yeah, your city state, I guess that's part of the greater nation you're representing in a way, although you're not an elected official or anything, but you know, you're the family head or you're the, the appointed representative. Um, and so sometimes the things that they're looking for are different. And there's two ways that that happens. You have your secret um, objective that changes each um, game session. And then you have some objectives on the back of your faction sheet that um, so you're trying to, geared towards that give you like basically bonus points for the very end game so for me you know i i voted because there was a particular thing that i honestly i don't remember the particular session i just remember there being there being something that i was attempting to do that got me closer to the end game which obviously was many sessions down the road 
But there, I there's the funny thing. I didn't remember what would make him do such a terrible thing. Oh, yeah, I know. The, the funny thing is, is it feels like um, there's the things way down the road are so hard to to make happen because the votes feel like they can, can come up at the worst opportune times. Like you might spend all of your power um, because you get caught up in the vote or because you feel like it's important. And then the next vote that comes up is way more critical to your goals, but you have no power <laughs> left over. I, I've had that happen on at least twice where the goal, the, the, the one that I spent the power on felt like it was important, but the one that came up after was far more important. So basically you're saying that it was the, uh, the hidden agendas of, of your nations that made you support slavery. Sure, yeah. You can use that as a defense for me. <laughs> okay, just... I just, mean, look, let's be honest. This game I, goes I feel like right to the... This goes right to the organ inside of me that craves chaos. I, I, it I am accused sure. of something that I don't even remember why I did it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you did it either. I am pretty sure I did it because it achieved maximum chaos. I'm scared to freely admit that. I know I did it for a reason, but I and it was not about the slavers. <laughs> <laughs> this hole it just gets deeper. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh. So one thing I'll say, not exactly related to mechanics, but I want to I talk about it before we start grading, is that one thing this game does really well, each of these cards has just like, to me, ex- an exquisite art piece on it, like kind of, you know, displaying what it is you're going to be talking about or whatever. I think the art in this game is super cool, and uh, and, this, and the storyline is, you know, interesting. It's not all slavery like Jay wants us to believe. Sometimes there's starving people, you know, and sometimes there's like... Should we murder this neighboring king? And, you know, fun stuff like that. So, I guess, before we go into grading it, uh, actually, that, this is, that's, that, that would be better, be better at the end of the grading. So, is there anything you guys want to say before we go into grading it? I just want to say that I'm, I am morally and, uh, and at my core opposed to slavery and the, that, <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> One of my, Guiding principles, except <laughs> when I'm a counselor in a king's court. <laughs> is I almost feel bad for Trevor because I have play, I've played this game twice now. I've played it further with with you guys than I had the first time, but I already knew that that was coming up, and I had made the morally appropriate choice the first time I played it. But uh, so this time I felt like I could I just, just let, I don't remember, my, but I don't I don't feel like the the path that got us there did not make it clear that it was going to involve slavery at first it was something that sucked, sucked you in and then it's like oh yeah by the way we're going to enslave the people that were causing the issues anyway sleep, sleep well Trevor sleep well I do because it's a game so ultimately I, I have not lost one bit of sleep over this uh, because the paper peoples in the box didn't, you know, have the perfect life. So, <laughs> so before we grade, I will say, Jay, that your group is going to drastically affect how this game lands with you, if that makes sense. Yeah, this is certainly like any of the other type of um, 
I feel like it's a social construct game in that the rules itself are not complicated. It's sort of like um, diplomacy. So diplomacy at its core, the rules are very simple. You're moving, uh, you know, small armies around a map of Europe, and the the rules are quite simple as to who wins. I mean, they don't feel simple when you read them. They feel like a lawyer wrote. But the point being is that once you understand them, other than the corner cases, it's pretty simple understanding. More more power wins in a particular location. But what what makes diplomacy good or great is the people you play it with. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into grading then. So, and I guess to preface this, um, we we talked a little bit about this with um, Jason Matthews, where uh, Trevor has been wanting for a long time, like this grand uh, political, you know, strategy game, and and the fact that this is a legacy, I, th- I think, also adds some exciting to it. But uh, going into this, I, I had some hope that it was going to be kind of that experience, right? And did I guess did you feel like it met that expectation or fell short? Are you asking me or, or Josh? Yeah, well, both, sure. So it's interesting. That question is really good, and I feel like it's so. My answer is so affected by how we've ended up playing this because so, we. We wanted to try to get it played so we could grade it for the podcast, and um, we pl- we've been playing it on Tabletop Simulator, right? Which totally, I feel like it affects the experience a little bit. Like if I, you know, if I were lying to Jay's face, face to face, it would be totally different than the way I've been doing it over the phone. Right? <laughs> um, but me, it's still, again, especially more with this group than the first group I played with. It, for me, it has lived up. To the expectations of the experience, I think. Trevor? Um, it doesn't feel like it meets it, for maybe for a couple of reasons. Um, it feels like the game is not about the vote, it's about managing the power. And I, I hate how much of, um, maybe I shouldn't get into this before we actually started grading, but I just, I dislike how much of a game the power management and the voting becomes. It's not about what you want to vote on and how much power you have. It's about how you hold on to your power and when you spend it and how you amass more power. And so there are many times when um, it doesn't feel like I can contribute. There's times when I've abstained from voting when I would have a opinion on it, but I can't because I'm trying to save my power for the, the one that mattered. And I guess maybe there's a little bit too much of that. So I, I I think my complaint is is kind of a piggyback on Trevor's in the so if if I think of a game like Republic of Rome part of the reason why I think that it's so successful is because the theme works so well where you are these political actors who are just like at each other's throats and at the same time though you're having like to cooperate together to keep the republic from falling apart and and it's very easy for the Republic to fall apart if you don't work together. Um, and, and that's just a really cool dynamic, et cetera, right? But there were points in this game where I was like, okay, I'm going to vote for this thing because, you know, I want this metric to be high, but I don't really have any reason why I want to be high other than like an abstract scoring thing going on. And, so Jay the Fluff Bunny, I guess, <laughs> uh, was was mainly disappointed in that that um, it, it felt like the mechanics of the game needed to be tied more closely to 
this fluff, which could has the potential to have been like a really cool uh, idea or concept for a game, but it didn't feel like the fluff was tied closely enough for me to be happy with it. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I, there's one other part of that that, that um, maybe would be solved with a larger group. How many how many people does the game play? It does up to five. Okay. Um, it feels like it feels like with a four player. Anytime you have a voting system, it feels like four players is sort of a bad mix or a bad position to sit in. It feels like an odd number is better, but three does not feel like it's enough. No, uh-uh. It feels right. like f- five is the sweet spot, and I would have liked to have seen this game play six or seven, honestly. I think that it would probably make for a more interesting opportunity to build ties and to make deals if there's seven people at the table and there's there'd be less times where you would feel like you have there'd be more power moving through the system allowing you to to kind of gain it a little quicker on the votes that don't matter to you um so i I don't know i just feel like four it feels like five is too few and that's kind of the spot where it begins so maybe i'm wrong because i haven't played five player Mm. yeah i don't know i i will say i haven't either just to, I guess, touch on what Josh said, um, we, we did play this on Tabletop Simulator with uh, Skype, I think, is the audio program. And I would be interested in playing this again in person because it just feels like the experience has been uh, way, way lower quality than if it had been in person with like physical components and, uh, like Josh said, seeing each other, etc., like I, I, I wasn't the hugest fan of the tabletop simulator uh, implementation. Yeah. Okay. So first, we have design. Well, uh, I mean, you guys already kind of really have highlighted the the mechanic part of the design. This thing gets the most points for me for flavor. Again, because of the art, because of some of the stories, I, you know, I really enjoyed where some of them go. Um, some quite grim. Um, but I do, I do kind of agree with my co-host concerns about the actual game, you know, the, the voting game part of it. It's, it's, I will, I will say a little off. Sure. Yeah. I I will say that I do think it's impressive anytime a game can convince its players to do something like vote for slavery. All right. All right. That's enough of that. <laughs> I mean, you, you think that I mean uh, like sarcastic or, or trying to rub something in or whatever? But I, I actually do Which think you that, are. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, you're not only you're not just that. I'm saying. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it. I I think that it, I think it's important or it's good in these type of games uh, for them to have mechanics or things that potentially make you. Uh, do things or do votes that would be outside of what you would normally do if you were governing or a politician or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, it kind of compels you to take on a role, right? Right. Like the role of your house, kind of, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, having said all that, I, I'm actually going to give it a little higher score than I was initially thinking about. I'm going to give it a 7. I, I was initially thinking a 6, so that kind of lets you know where I'm at. But, but I'm going to give it a 7 on design. And, and, and let me just say this one extra thing about why I'm going to give a little higher score. is I'm thinking about what it took to put the legacy part of this together. I mean, right. this thing has over, I think, a hundred envelopes of cards or stickers or whatever, you know. And so, like, it, it's like it's like a DM that puts together a really solid campaign 
and knows that his players are not going to see like 80% of yeah, it. Yeah, they're just going to see the tip of get, the iceberg. Right. They're going to get hung up on some stupid goblin in a inn named Bloblin, you know, that he wasn't even thinking about or whatever, right? So I, I, I give him a little extra kudos for that, for the craft that it took. And this game, honestly, is not that expensive either, in my mind, for the amount of work it took to put it together. I do love that Josh is like, I'm going to give uh, above average score of seven, which is the average score for Chain Attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I'll, I will give the average score of seven uh, as well. Um, I'm going to go lower than that. I actually think that there are more. I'm the, surprised the, by that, but okay. The, the funny thing is, I, the funny thing is, is it feels like the core of this game is the vote, and it feels like that's the one thing it doesn't do as well as it should. So it feels like, like I said, it feels like more of a game playing with the votes than it is the voting. And I, I want that to be better. I feel like there's lots of games out. And it's not like they have to do something new or different. It can be like other voting games and no one's going to care. That is not really the core of the fun. It just happens to be the core mechanic. The core of the fun is what happens in the um, the story of the, the country and and the things that yeah, develop. Yeah, the results, and, right? Yeah, the results of the vote. So why not make the voting more simple to understand as to how to win the vote? Anyway, mm-hmm. it just feels like there's many times where there's little games inside the vote that don't necessarily need to be there. Um, maybe mechanical flaws with the way the voting is implemented. I just feel like all that could go away. It could be much more simple on the voting, and you would solve a lot of problems, and, and boom, you'd have a much better mechanically game. Now, that said, I'm going to, when we get into the other aspects, other grading, I'm going to grade it much higher. But right here, this is where I feel like the game falls short, and, and I feel like it's a design flaw. So um, I don't know if I can separate the mechanics from the essence of the game, because if I'm grading the essence, it gets a much higher grade. Just the mechanics don't fall where they where I'd like them to. So I'm going to give it a probably a four, honestly. This does not feel like it's strength. Okay. Talk time management. Um, so, I mean, we kind of talked about the range of length that the games could be, you know, like if you drove the King to Abdication really fast or if it went a little longer. But I don't feel like any of our games ever went more than an hour, maybe, maybe just slightly. I mean, you can get two games of this in, in a game night session without too much struggle. I think it does a pretty good job of that. Um, the, the only, the only part of the time that is sometimes a little laborious is, um, maybe the end of game cleanup, you know, when you have to kind of, uh, name the next king and make sure the points work out, you know, what did the points work out to and, did you put the deck back together? You know, those, those kind of things. Uh, there's a little bit of that. But overall, I feel like the game doesn't really overstay its welcome to me. I, I'm always ready, like, to, I'm like, well, let's go one more round. You know, I, I get that feeling from this pretty easily. So um, I, I give its time management, uh, I give it a, an eight. So for me, the time management is quite good. I actually think it usually ends a little bit quicker than I expected. I feel like the scoring is pretty straightforward and easy. Um, it feels like the the time spent um, kind of debating the things is appropriate, and maybe that's because we don't have any really bad um, analysis paralysis in our group. Um, right. and I'm, not sure, I'm not sure there's a ton of analysis paralysis going on. I mean, it's not a, like a heavy strategic decision um, at its core, although there is some going on in the voting that I, I already said don't care for. But there's 
it feels always like it's about the right amount of time. Sometimes it ends too quick, honestly, but that's probably a good thing. It's better to end just slightly too quick than it is to end slightly too long. <laughs> well, it's also good right. to have right. it's good to have your players on kind of the edge of their seat, like wondering, like, oh, is is this going to be ending at any moment? Right. So what's your what's your number, Trevor? Um, I think it's above average. I think it's probably quite good. I think it could be a little bit better, maybe. Um, with its pacing, but I, I really, I've never felt like, when is this going to end, or, holy crap, it just ended, you know, <laughs> it's never been those extremes, so I'm going to give it probably a, maybe a seven, maybe an eight. Um, sure, I will endorse that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll endorse a seven, maybe an eight? Yes. Next category. Uh, repeatability. So this one is a tricky category in my mind. So, as I said, I've played this now with two different groups. I didn't get as far with the first group, and it would be challenging for me to reassemble that group, uh, mainly because my brother moved far away and he's a dummy. Um, so, but I do feel like, like, we could finish our game, and I would, it would probably be a couple years before I would be like, man, it would be cool to start up a new, a brand new King's Dilemma game with a brand new group and different houses and stuff, right? But the game does have the ability to do that. And, and so I'm going to, it would just be hard to not be influenced by your past. Of course, I mean, Trevor and I have already forgotten some of the reason for our yeah. simple <laughs> votes, right? So, like, maybe it wouldn't be that hard. But, but what, what, I, what my heart tells me to give this a five. This is just an average amount of repeatability. Yes, you could repeat it. Yes, I would be willing to start the game of it with a new and different group. Um, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily tailored to be that way. Yeah, I don't so, think that was ever their intention. I'm I'm going to whatever. I I'm, I'm going to grade this on the uh legacy repeatability scale uh, wherein I I say that uh like if I compare my number of games of King's Dilemma played versus other board games, it's uh significantly higher. Yeah, right. Okay. And so uh I will again give a 7 or 8. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I agree i don't think you can grade this on the am i going to replay the entire thing it's more of am i interested in replaying the next how many set? how many sessions of this or how many games etc of this am i going to play and and it is it's it's way more than the average board game for me yeah it's it's okay. is, does this legacy game die on the vine or does this legacy game get played through to the end and I think that this legacy game does not die on the vine. I think it plays, except for with us. Um, <laughs> but I think yeah, for the... That's, that's not the game's fault. That's like somebody's schedule's fault. Guilty. <laughs> but I think that for most people, this is not a game that would die on the vine. I think everybody would be like, let's get the next game session in. Or even, let's play the next one now. Which we've done several times. And it always felt like I was never like, no, I've had enough for tonight. It was always right. like, yeah, let's let's do the next one. So I think that right. rate's pretty high. Um, I actually think it's probably a nine. I think this is its b biggest strength, is it does feel like you're ready to find out what happens with the artifacts you dug up of out of, you know, whatever thing. Or, you know, are you able to repeal the slavery act that you accidentally put in? Or, you know, what happens to, you know, the king's great-grandson who, you know, has lived in the legacy of, you know, tyrants because his advisors told him to do so. So, anyway... I th I think that it has a very high replayability. I think that if you get into it, there's a very high probability you will make it to the end. Right. All right. So what number are you giving it? Uh, I said nine. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. All right, on to fun. Again, your group will affect this quite a bit. This is my highest score of this game, though. For me, this is a 9 because it allows for maximum chaos. It allows for, you know, skullduggery and shenanigans. And I think the stories are cool. And I like to look at the art. There are some of the stuff that I would, like, get blown up and framed because I think it's so rad. So it is a 9 for me and fun. Take that. Jay, who says seven is an average. So I think that I would probably grade grade this a nine in person. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that. I think the. Like, you like to be able to see the tears on your opponent's face. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it is a social game. I mean, yeah, the fact yeah, playing yeah, yeah. pretty separated makes it hard. Yeah. I the online version, I would. I'm probably going to give it a six or seven. Uh, sad, sad but understandable. So, while this doesn't exactly scratch the itch of what I'm looking for in the Republic of Rome-style game that I was talking about, I think it's the closest I've come post-Republic of Rome. And it maybe well, even it scratches closer. it faster. Uh, oh, faster than Republic of Rome? Yes. Yeah, I mean... Yes, right? I mean, I, I feel like that if, if they were to ever take this system and re-implement it or redo it as a second version or a new version and they sort of clean up the voting, it would be that for me. Um, and I think that in person, maybe it'd be a little different, especially if you played it like we, like a lot of people do with diplomacy or like we did, where you have, you know, a five minute negotiation period where you can walk away from the table and talk to the other people. You know, that's, that is, that is not something we can do in the online implementation of, and I, it suffers. I agree with Jay. But for me, this comes as close as it possibly can to that thing. And I, I love it. I just wish that we had a little bit more of the interaction of I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine that, that would normally happen at a table. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it a nine because I feel like there is something out there that could do what I'm thinking. And I think this is close. And I think a little tweaking may, and truthfully, the tweaking I'm talking about is something that I'm looking for. Maybe the designer never had that in, in mind. Maybe they didn't. That's not what they wanted. That's just what I want. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I think that it's amazing. This is right up my alley. I've thought about purchasing. I, I, if I remember right, it's, it's more than Josh probably remembers it being. It seems like it's a hundred dollar game. No, it's not that much. It's not. Uh, no. Anyway, it might I be was, now because I think it's out of print. Yeah. I, I want it. I really want to play this game a second time in person with people. And I'm certain that, you know, all the votes are obviously going to go a different way. And it feels like you're going to see different things because yeah. it feels like the votes you make it very early are going to change the path of the, the course of the story that you're going down dramatically. Um, maybe it's a little bit railroady. We just don't know underneath the skin. It's possible. Right. Uh, but I don't really care about that. You know, I want to, I want to play this in person with a group of five people at some point. Savage cutthroats. I almost want to, like, you know, put us in a locked room, throw the key away, and say, okay, we're not leaving until this game is done. <laughs> Maybe that's a service we could start to offer. Like, you know, it's like an escape room, but it's like, we're going to lock you in this room for, you know, 48 hours. You can't uh, get out to finish this thing. See, the problem is, is that I don't want to provide that service for anyone. I just want it provided to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, overall, so right? I, I, I did look up the, the price on it, um, and it is seventy nine ninety nine. Uh, it is currently in between print runs, um, but at Gameopolis, it would be uh, 
$59.99. So Jeez. amazing, amazing value. That's, a, that's amazing value. So yeah, overall, so overall for me, uh, I'm giving, I'm going to give it an eight based on my two plays of it. You know what I mean? Uh, it just has a lot going for it. I feel like I will agree with the eight. What? I'm, I'm the nine. You guys are the eight. Really? Yeah. I mean, you convinced me to go a little lower. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as audience, I think this is an interesting question because as we, as, as Jay has constantly reminded us in this, uh, recording, right? There are some morally very challenging decisions that have to be made. Um, I think slavery is the worst that our group came up against, but I, I think well, there I mean, may be are, some others. You are making decisions on like people living or dying, or people getting fed, or you know, etc. I, I thought we had a vote on sex workers. Am I misremembering that? that no, be- I think you're right. No, you, you're right. We did. We did. Yep, 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 yep. So I guess my point is like the first time I played this, I actually was playing it with my seven year old. But I don't think he really so, understood. Any of his, like, I love we just accepted that he would be the X factor, right? <laughs> I love this. This is just my way of saying, go ahead. You love what? I, I love that you're like, oh no, you can't watch that with your daughter of 14, but I'm going to play this board game with my son of seven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, if, if you want opportunities to have like some tough conversations with your children, by all means, play this game with them. So when they're like, Daddy, what is a harvest? (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, you know, a lot of these things, um, I think they're tastefully addressed. I mean, they're not, they're not, um, graphic or, right. So for me, I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, this is life. You know, people, we unfortunately sometimes live in an environment where we just like to brush aside the, the soft underbelly of humanity and don't want to talk about the things that we do as humans. But right. the truth is, is it's out there. It happens. People do these things. It, you know, how much are you going to protect your child from reality? I, you know, so anyway, I, I mean, I don't want to get too far out there, but I'm just saying that I don't feel like, I don't feel like it's difficult to address these things with at least a, I'm going to say an 11, 12 year old. I think that it's probably a good situation. Yeah, I think you're probably right. You can have some decorum with it. And, I guess what I was saying is it feels like you want uh, uh, older teen or older players because they will be more like, they'll have guile, you know, they will be more cutthroat, right. that, you know, you'll get more of that sort of diplomatic element than you would with, we just call my seven-year-old the X factor. We're like, well, let's just see what this random number generator <laughs> is going to do, you know? Yeah. And I, I think... It's your son. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> I, I think that if you do need to have the right group, and I don't think that it matters age-wise who they are. I think there's people of all age groups who are not going to be the appropriate audience for this, and there are people who are of all age groups who are. Yeah. And you, re- you really need to be willing to make deals, be willing to, uh, you know, stab backs if necessary to make it, and, and to be willing to um, not take that anger or that, that frustration away from the table. I, I have friends that just wouldn't enjoy the game because they'd walk away angry. Yeah, no, that's a good point. They, yeah, they so might it, take it, really it personal. A, it really is a know your kind of game more than a lot of other games, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, as far as a go or no go, I think it's probably no surprise. It's a go for me. Maximum chaos. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a go from all of us. 
Yeah, if, if anything, the one of the things that I appreciate the most is the experience. As somebody who likes games and who wants to try different things, this is pretty unique. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't think you get this experience much anywhere else. So that alone, it feels like, is worth uh, 60 bucks or 80 bucks if you don't get it from Jay. Right. Right. But why would you do such a foolish thing? I, I don't know. <laughs> if only I had $60. <laughs> Subscribe to our podcast, patreon.com forward slash channel. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't necessarily help right now. If you-